What if you woke up to find you had committed a murder during the night, yet you have little to no memory of doing so? Around 70 murders worldwide have been blamed on sleepwalkers. Now that's freaky deaky. Welcome back to the Freaky Deaky. Today we'll be discussing the ever so intriguing topic of sleepwalk murders. The stories we'll be telling today are from the book Nightmareland by Lex Nover. Lex has been the web producer for Coast to Coast AM since 2002. We will be referencing this book quite a bit this season. If you haven't checked it out, I highly recommend doing so. Nightmareland takes a look into sleep disorders, unusual dream states, scientific explanations, and the paranormal possibilities. Today, we'll be discussing the wild phenomena of sleepwalk murders. Is someone capable of committing such an act of violence all the while sleeping? Is it possible for a person to wake up with one of the heaviest of burdens with no recollection? Imagine waking up trying to convince people of your innocence. Is it all true or is it the crime of a century? I don't know, Heather, but I hope we find out. It's not true. Oh, okay. Well, I guess thanks for tuning in, everyone. We will yeah. see you next week. Outro music. Go. Okay, Christian, you going to lead us into this? I'm going to lead you into this. Thank you. In the summer of 1887, Chief Inspector Robert Ledru was one of Paris's top crime busters. He just come off a string of successes, including apprehending killers, breaking up a black magic cult. That sounds fun. That does. And rounding up members of an organization that plotted to overthrow the French government. Also fun. Hey, we've all been there. Yep. Loaned out to the police department of the port town of Le Havre, he was tasked with solving the mysterious disappearances of some sailors in the area. Exhausted upon his arrival, he went to bed early at his hotel, his trusty German pistol tucked under his pillow. When he awoke in the morning, he noticed that his socks were damp. Upon reporting to the local police station, he discovered that the case of the missing sailors had been... <laughs> You know, it's just, it truly feels like season two now because it's just not the same if it, if it doesn't take Christian 20 minutes to read a sentence. So, hence why I gave you the really long the story. That's right. Yeah. yeah. We'll get through this. We'll get through there, little buddy. He discovered that the case of the missing sailors had been set aside for a perplexing murder that had occurred during the night. Could the celebrated detective help them find the killer? The victim, a Parisian merchant named André Monet, was found at dawn on the beach. A single fatal bullet shot at near point-blank range had pierced his chest. There appeared to be no motive or suspect. Ledru investigated the site where the body was found across from the English Channel and discovered a set of misshapen footprints. They look familiar to me, he declared. He ordered a set of plaster casts to be promptly made. Instead of interviewing people on the beach who might have seen something, he stared transfixed at the cast for some time. Then he announced that the local gendarmes, or then he, he announced to the local gendarmes, which is the French police. Thank you. The case is solved. I know the identity of the killer. Who was it? They drew hold up in his hotel room for the night. The next morning, he paid a visit to Le Havre's chief of police. By then, they had recovered the bullet that had killed Monet. Ledru asked to see it and quickly compared it to an unfired one in the cartridge of his own gun. Just as he thought, I am the man who shot. I Say am the man who gusto. shot. What? Say it with some gusto. Like you, you, like you just found out you killed oh. Monsieur Monet. I am the Monet. man who shot Monsieur Monet. I wish I could do a French accent. Like, I am the man. What? Monsieur. I don't know. Too many directors. And action. I am the man who shot Monsieur Monet to death. To death. <laughs> I see the exclamation point at the end, and I just picture like him raising his first finger. Yeah. <laughs> he informed the startled chief. <laughs> yeah, you picture it. It's a good image. Yeah. Yeah. He informed the startled chief, who couldn't believe what he was hearing. He must have killed the tourist when he stumbled upon him while in his. 
Somnambulant, I think. Som somnambulant. Som somnambulant. Trance. Okay. When he stumbled upon him while in a som somnambulant. Well, in his sleeping trance. Let's just try that. Yeah. Okay. While in a sleeping trance, Ledru explained, needing to. Oh, let me just do the whole thing. He must have killed the Taurus when he stumbled upon him while in a sleeping trance. Ledru explained. Still didn't do that right, but just cut that little gap out of there. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Needing to inform his superiors, he rushed off on the next train to Paris, armed with the plaster cast and fatal bullet. His boss was incredulous, but Ledru reminded him of how he had lost his big toe in a gun accident. The missing toe matched the plaster cast of the footprint on the beach. Further, he kept the damp socks unwashed and they had grains of sand in them. Still unconvinced, Ledru's superiors agreed to lock him up and keep him under close watch. As an experiment, they gave him a pistol loaded with blanks, which he stashed under his pillow. After sleeping soundly for three nights, on the fourth night he rose in his sleep around midnight, pulled out the gun, firing at close range on one of the guards. Uh, this is what authorities needed to believe Ledru's tale. He was sent to live in seclusion on a countryside farm where he was watched by guards and medical personnel for a whopping 50 years until his death in 1937. Damn. At the time of Monet's murder, Ledru was said to be suffering from overwork as well as syphilis, which he contracted a decade earlier. Cry from all that working. Yeah, working sin. That's right. Working the streets. Yeah. Left untreated, the sexually transmitted disease is associated with mental illness and perhaps was a factor in his sleepwalking violence. Wow. I don't know. I pictured like the Pink Panther that entire time. Anyone else? I was about to say Just when me? when uh he couldn't get the first line with Monsieur. All I could picture was like this French guy with the little skinny, like twisted <laughs> mustache. Yeah, very dramatic. Yeah. Had to have been. And then, a... then I was picturing like Princess Bride, like I am India. Like you just needed that gusto. Like That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Give it that gusto, yeah. man. I know. Yeah, that's a that's a pretty crazy story. The the missing toe got me. I was like, ah. Oh. Footprints that all make misshapen sense. footprints. Yes. Yeah, that would be a weird footprint. That to does kind of suck if you're trying to run around. Yeah, yeah. What if he got his missing toe in the same situation that he got his syphilis? Holy moly! I mean, they were doing some freaky stuff. That's yeah. what I gotta say. Yeah, probably didn't have a safe word. I'd imagine at that point, but maybe he just said maybe that's how he impressed the girl and or whoever gave him syphilis and like, oh, we'll shoot off my toe with a French accent. Yeah. Bam! Isn't French like one of the easiest accents to do? Not for me. I, but now that we're all sitting here like thinking about it, it's really hard. I can't do any accents, so. Nah. Yeah. Apparently you well, don't. Well, everyone can. Can you say rise up lights? Rise up lights. Say, yeah. Oh, yeah. So if you ah. say rise up lights, so yeah. anyone on the podcast now, just you know, hit pause. That's right. And, speak and then Australian. say rise up lights and then say it really fast. Yeah. Rise up lights. It's that simple. One. I tell people this all the time and I'm then they laugh it. and it's one of my, I crack up every time. Yeah. yeah, you could do Boston. Easily with khakis. entertained. I'm not doing it. Khakis? With the khakis? Yeah, I'm not Jake. <laughs> you could try. You could try. I could try. Yeah. Not today, though. Actually, we couldn't even convince you in season one to do an Arnold Schwarzenegger impression. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the easiest one. Totally. Get out. Yeah. The so, chopper. Yeah. Get to the chopper. Yeah. It's just a bunch of flemminess. Mm -hmm. no. Even if you do it bad, it sounds good. You're like, you know who it was. Yeah. yeah. It was Arnold, for sure. Tells you a lot about his acting. Weird noises. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, my mouth's all dry. I guess not everyone can do it. <laughs> well, you better drink up this next story because really it's a should, doozy. Yeah. You guys converse amongst yourselves while I quench my thirst. You guys ready to see how this shit's done? Have you seen how long your story is? I haven't. I haven't You're talking read it. a lot of smack before you dive in. I read like in. the first few paragraphs and I got distracted. So hopefully there's not a lot of grammatical errors, Heather. This one's not as difficult. It's no French. Canadian. Yeah. Nice. All right, y'all have any any further comments on story number one? No, no, no. Yeah. Okay. And I thought this one was fun because it's more present. Nineteen eighty-seven. Yeah. My heyday. Yeah, if it's Christian's heyday, it's definitely not the present day. <laughs> well, I mean, newer. I still had a three-year lease on my dad's. I still feel like the it was the story just the nineties, so. though. I still feel like you know when you talk about a couple like five years ago, you think the nineties. Sure. Sure. I'll give it to you. Yeah. All right, and we begin. 
Kenneth Parks was troubled as he nodded out in the early morning hours of May 23, 1987. Nicknamed the Gentle Giant, the six and a half foot tall Canadian weighed 280 pounds. He'd been banished to the couch by his wife Karen while they dealt with his gambling problem. Damn Karen. Classic Karen move right there. It was no minor issue, so maybe Karen had a point. The 24-year-old had sunk the family's finances with his compulsion for horse race betting and embezzled $32,000 from his employer to fund it. The company caught on, fired him, and started court proceedings against him. Yeah, Karen had a reason to make him sleep yeah, on the couch. Yeah, I guess Karen might not be... I mean, if that's all he got was sleeping on the couch. He's like, lucky he had to just sleep on the couch. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you're addicted to horse racing and you embezzled $32,000. I'm like, pick your hefty bag and get out. Yeah. It's couch time, mister. Yeah. Karen had given him an ultimatum. Stop gambling or she'd take their infant daughter and leave. Further, she insisted that he reveal everything to her parents at a family barbecue that was scheduled the next day at their house 14 miles away in the Toronto suburb of Scarborough. Up to that point, Karen's parents, Barbara Ann, classic 80s name, and Dennis Woods. Actually, that's probably more 60s, huh? That's, a, that's I, Beach Boys status yeah. right there, yeah. Up to that point, Karen's parents, Barbara Ann and Dennis Woods, unaware of Ken's gambling and arrest, were grateful to him as years earlier, he'd convinced their daughter, then a teenage runaway, to return home. Ken, in turn, had greatly admired Barbara and Dennis as they provided stability that his own upbringing lacked. So it must have heavily weighed on his mind as he tried to sleep. Would they reject him when they found out about his misdeeds? Ken has no memory of what happened next. He put on his shoes, grabbed his car keys, and jumped into his vehicle, leaving the door to his house as well as the garage wide open as he headed out into the night. He managed to drive the 14 miles to his in-law's house, a familiar journey yet a mind-bogglingly long one to make while unconscious. Dennis Woods awoke to a nightmare. In the darkness, a large man had his hands around his neck in a stranglehold. He sputtered, help me, Bobby, to his wife, sleeping next to him as he kicked his legs in desperation, but he soon lost consciousness. Park's first memory fragment of that night was, quote, a very sad image on his mother-in-law's face. Eyes open, mouth agape, it was this visage frozen in his mind from around the time he murdered her. Barbara Woods was dragged to the bathroom a few feet away from the bedroom. She'd been viciously stabbed with a kitchen knife in the chest, shoulder, and heart, as well as smashed in the skull with a tire iron. Park's second memory fragment was hearing the Woods kids yelling and going upstairs to check on them as he called out to them. But what the teenage girls heard were terrifying animalistic grunts as he passed by their rooms without opening their doors. At around 4.45 a.m., a dazed Kenneth Park showed up at the local police station. Dripping with blood, he confessed, quote, I've just killed two people. I'm happy to know that you're having the same problem I have. I'm having far fewer problems than you <laughs> had, but I digress. Dripping with blood, he confessed, quote, I've just killed two people with my hands. My God, I've just killed two people. I've just killed my mother and father-in-law. I stabbed and beat them to death. It's all my fault. But Dennis Woods, who'd also been stabbed, had survived. At the time of Park's confession, Woods was returning to consciousness in a blood-soaked bed, finding police already in his room. Back Which, at the police station, what? That part made me think. I was just like, can you imagine, like, they go into the room, they're examining, looking at this horror scene, and someone sits up, and you're just like, what the fuck? He's like, like oh, oh, okay. Like, What's going on? Yeah, that yeah. would not be a fun... So, that part just made me laugh. I was like, wait, they're in the room? All right. All right, proceed. Back at the police station, Park suddenly noticed the cuts in his hands, blood pooling onto the floor. My hands, he gasped. He'd cut through the tendons of all ten of his fingers. The kitchen knife must have slid during the savage stabbings. Such an injury would normally be excruciatingly painful, yet in an example of disassociative... <laughs> Analgesia. Analgesia? Analgesia. Analgesia? <laughs> I know. Are you sure? Analgesia. Did you like hit the word to make sure that's how it's pronounced? That sounds right anal. to me. It's not saying analgesia. It the looks like it's spelled that way, but it's analgesia. Analgesia. Yeah, disassociative okay. analgesia. <clears throat> okay, I'm gonna. I'll give it a go. If if it's wrong, that's on Heather. <laughs> yeah. Such an injury would normally be excruciatingly painful. Yet, in an example of disassociative analgesia. <laughs> Disassociative analgesia, he did not exhibit any signs of pain. 
The fact that Parks had gone straight to the police station and had no real motive for the crime let authorities conclude that sleepwalking was the most likely explanation. But that's not grounds for automatic acquittal, and Parks was jailed on charges of first-degree murder. During the four months before trial, he maintained a pre precise consistency of what he could and could not recall about the event. When interviewed by a battery of shrinks, lawyers, and cops, he underwent extensive tests, and while psychologists found no evidence of psychosis or delusion, his brain waves and sleep patterns indicated sleepwalking and other parasomnias. After one test, Parks was even observed by his cellmates eerily sitting up in his sleep, eyes open, and mumbling. Parks' family tree was mapped and parasomnias were shown to run rampant, particularly among the men. Ken's grandfather, for instance, was known for sleepwalking into the kitchen, frying eggs and onions on the stove, and then returning to bed without eating them. What a waste. When Ken was 11, Ken's grandmother had caught him just in the nick of time as he attempted to climb out a sixth-story window. He'd also struggled with bedwetting, was known as a deep sleeper, and could be very difficult to awaken. On the two nights before the crime, he'd been unable to sleep, ruminating about his marriage, gambling addiction, loss of job, and embezzlement charges. On the third night, his body was desperate to catch up on a deep or slow-wave sleep, the kind associated with sleepwalking. Park's attorneys didn't deny that he attacked his in-laws. It was kind of a, quote, non-insane automatism, he argued, and he wasn't accountable because the crimes were committed involuntarily. By skirting the insanity defense, he claimed sleepwalking was not a, quote, disease of the mind, and Parks wasn't in need of a psychiatric commitment. At the trial, assisting neurology professor Roger Broughton from McGill University testified that Parks was likely in a deep sleep state and acting out a dream as he drove to the woods home. Upon arriving, his mother-in-law tried to awaken him, and Parks flew into an uncontrollable rage. Broughton conjectured, sleepwalkers often react with aggression when suddenly confronted, he noted. That's true, too, I know, because my son did have a lot of issues with sleepwalking and mm. waking up at night, night chairs, and psychologists always told us, never wake them up. That's what I always heard growing yeah. up, too. They go, you want to do that as a parent? You want to actually like console them and wake them? He goes, don't. Yeah. So. Did you ever test out his theory? Like, let's Just once, let's wake him up. We tried to honestly like calm him, but he was just always like so like out of it. He just didn't even understand. Like We'd have yeah. to walk him back and put him just back to bed every time. Huh. Yeah. Hmm. At least he didn't go into a rage. Yeah, he didn't try to stab us, so that was good. That is a plus. How did Parks see to drive if he was sleepwalking? The prosecuting attorney inquired. Broughton explained that sleepwalkers have their eyes open and, conform and can perform complex maneuvers on a kind of autopilot. What true sleepwalkers' cannons do... <laughs> ah, what those true sleepwalkers' cannons can do. Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> I don't even know what that's supposed to be now. Yeah, well, I'm just going to drop off the nons. What true sleepwalkers can do, quote. Yeah. Oh, I see what it's supposed to be cannot. What true sleepers, what true, okay, good God. What true sleepwalkers cannot do, wrote Professor Rosalind Cartwright, is recognize the faces of those they attack, even loved ones. There are two separate visual pathways, she explained, one for motion and navigating through space, and the other for face recognition, and they terminate in different parts of the brain. The evidence for Park's sleepwalking, including his sleep deprivation, lack of motive, and absence of pain symptoms from the cut tendons, was enough to sway the jury. After just a few hours of deliberation, he was cleared of all charges and set free. While parasomnia experts like Dr. Carlos Schneck think the jury got it right, others aren't so sure. Barrett Brogard, a professor of philosophy who runs a perception lab at the University of Miami cast doubt on the park's defense. Quote, it is just plainly implausible that he made the 14-mile drive without incident, she writes. And, quote, that a severe struggle with his in-laws, the screaming at him, pleading with him, failed to wake him up. The fact that Kenneth remembers his mother-in-law's face suggests some consciousness and the disassociative analgesia. <laughs> <laughs> And the disassociative, I'm going to, have to do that without laughing. And the disassociative analgesia. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a preteen's Xbox name. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Good. Okay. Um, and, the, and the disassociative analgesia. Jesus is always the, because I took, I got to think I took my terminology. I want to be a nurse. So when you see that ending, that's Jesus. So analgesia. 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 <laughs> 
Okay. Yeah, I had to put it in there twice, didn't you, Lex? All right. And the disassociative analgesia. <laughs> Am I, do I keep saying it wrong? I'm going to get to that word. You say the word, and then I'll move past. All right. You should just add like somebody official say clip it from online. Yeah, analgesia. Yeah. yeah, it's some girl with the British accent to say it. There you go. Okay, I'm gonna say. So you ready, Heather? I'm gonna say. I'm gonna lead up to that. I'm gonna say disassociate. Okay. Then you say okay. The fact that Kenneth remembers his mother-in-law's face suggests some consciousness, and the disassociative analgesia from his hand injuries may have stemmed from being in shock over his violent deeds rather than being asleep. She writes. Brogard concluded that Park's actions were not entirely automatic, and he may have repressed his memories of the attacks, which perhaps were carried out more in the mode of temporary insanity or in a hallucinatory figure. Prosecutors ended up appealing the decision all the way up to the Canadian Supreme Court. Though troubled, they backed the jury's original ruling, writing, quote, when asleep, no one reasons, remembers, or understands. If the respondent's acts were not proved to be voluntary, he was not guilty, end quote. Kenneth and Karen Parks eventually divorced, though she had testified on his behalf at the trial. So this guy killed her mom. Yeah. Accidentally. Uh, the old-fashioned yeah. whoops-a-daisies. Is yeah. that like, oh, whoops, I accidentally killed my mom yeah. in her sleep, my mother-in-law. Dang it. Quotes around accidentally. Yeah, full disclosure, Christian, if your daughter ever kills my mom, I'm probably going to end it right there. You know, assuming my mom wasn't possessed, perhaps, or which, something, between something weird. Between you and my daughter, which one has these, like, sleep issues where they see stuff when they're waking up or half mm -hmm. asleep? Your daughter has said shit to me in her sleep that she does not remember, so both. She said very All I know is strange this, things. If the roles are reversed, I mean, you're sitting in here with your father-in-law and you are the one with the sleep issues. Yeah. Like, Christian, you better watch out. That's right. If I ever, you know, if I'm ever stressed out for any reason, if that ever happens, or if I'm too tired from doing stuff at some point, doesn't sound plausible, but what if? Scott's you know? going to be out here. Welcome back to the Freaky Deaky. Yeah. I'm here with Heather because I killed Christian yeah, in sorry. my sleep, guys. This <laughs> is the last episode. Drove all the way to, to where I live. That's right. Yeah. It, that's what the true crime doc on me is going to be. Is Scott traveled the Parks Highway all the way down to... Isn't that like what twenty miles though? Something like that. You think I can it's beat this guy's 14. record? No problem. Was stuck in road construction traffic yeah. for an hour and still that's probably was who asleep. I'd murder. I'd be like, no, fuck all this construction. I'm murdering these guys. Christian, you're to, off the hook. I had to laugh at when it's like, you could totally drive and not have any incident happen. I'm like, damn, I can barely back out of my driveway without <laughs> yeah. hitting the trash can, yeah. and I have mirror. A and I'm wide awake. I have a well, backup camera though. Here's something that could support driving unconsciously. I mean, we've all gone in these long road trips where all of a sudden we get somewhere. Mm. We're like, how do we get here? Because it's just automatic. You just kind of, yeah, you know, disconnect from your brain yeah, while you're doing it because it is an automatic action. You that don't really you need to the, perceive the much. Flats. Sometimes I'll be yeah. like, Oh, I just feel like I just this. started here. Yeah, I like as much as I want to not believe it or be like, oh, this dude literally just murdered his in-laws and then, or his in-law was like, oh no, I was asleep, you know? But at the same time, like I have had, back when I lived in Vegas, I would drive out to see my parents, like it's a three and a half hour drive. Um, three if you're really determined. Three um, if you're young. Yeah, and don't really care about speed limits and whatnot. Um, anyway, on the way home, I, I drove back one night once at night and it was like it had to have been 10 30 when i left 10 30 11 o'clock when i left california so i would be pulling into vegas roughly around 2 or 3 a.m um i don't remember the majority of that drive and i literally remember coming to roughly when i would see like the the city lights of vegas in a, in a distance so i saw like i saw it like 25 minutes to go but i remember like being aware at that moment right so it's like somewhere between probably like boron and just outside of prim or whatever is, is where I snap out of it. It was like you just get in that autopilot mode. So I do 100% know that that's a thing. Yeah. And I'm yeah. sure uh, a lot of people have experienced that. Yeah, but you remember going to your car and starting your journey. He apparently woke True. up off the couch, yeah. got in there, drove 14 miles, went in, murdered his mother-in-law. Then so went to the Remembers part of it because he saw her face. Yeah. Which he should have been convicted for. Should he have though? Like, what yeah, if he, what he if he was? What if it was completely like? There's no way you can prove that. 
But there's no way you can prove against it either. So you'd have to be able to. It's still murder. He needs to be convicted. He he needs to be convicted of manslaughter, maybe. But there's like got to follow up on him and see if he's like led a clean life. That's a better because I mean honestly, if someone's a real murderer and they're out for it, I feel like they're still going to do something. Something's going to happen. You don't just you don't just stop being a murderer. Because murderers are really psychopaths. They have tendencies. They have not all of them. Not, some of them just smart you know, ones don't. As Scott was going through the story, one of the things I thought about, or it just kept popping into my mind, was this guy had gambling debts. So he was having some stress, some financial issues. Hmm. The in laws and the stereotype of the in laws is they're going to be like getting on his case for this stuff. So he tried to take the easy way out and kill him, but maybe he lost his nerve halfway through or about the time his hand slipped off the knife. And he severed his tendons and realized he couldn't go any farther. And then he tried to pull out this crazy, I was asleep. But, but at that point he hadn't like shared that with his in-laws, that information yet. Right. So it it would have just been the thought of it. Yeah. Well, what if his in-laws were the type that he knew how they would react? So just the stress of getting to that. And we've seen, and I know Heather has, because she's, she likes murder podcast. Um, Heather likes murder. I do. But that's podcast. where I'm also like, I listen to so much true crime. I like the books I read are on true crime, like the podcasts, the shows I watch. I find it so hard how people can just sit here and think, you know, I'm just going to end it. Even like people that are trying to be smart and sneaky and go on a hike and like they have their life insurance and they push their husband. I was trying to get a picture and they fell off a cliff. Yeah. Like, how do you think you're so damn smart that you're going to get away with that? Sometimes I think it's desperation. Like in this case, you know, some murder, some people murder because of what they think somebody's going to say or do or react. Yeah. Um, you know, we've seen it, especially with like, say children murderers that murder, murder their parents because they were going to get in trouble for something. So they just got so afraid of it that they thought the better option was murder. Yeah. That's, I'm just speculating. I have no clue. That was just the thought I was getting. Like he chickened out halfway through. Yeah. Or just hurt himself so bad. And you know, especially first time murder, it expects, the brutality and the grotesqueness of it, I don't think. I'll pick an easier way to do it, not stabbing. It's yeah. like the messiest way to murder. Isn't that period. one of like the most um like intimate forms? Yeah. Like what, what's it called? Like most when passionate. Pers- yeah, yeah. Like a passionate kill. Yeah. So that I don't know. Crime that's... of passion. So are are you falling on the the he, side that he sh- he should have just been thrown in jail? Like he's guilty that he I don't see very many options. Yeah. And this one doesn't sound there's a, there's a lot of shadiness in it, so I can see why people were concerned with the ruling. But I can also see why the the Canadian, I guess, the appeals or or whatever checked into it, why they wouldn't overturn it because it was a, a jury of his peers and it was an illegal verdict. It's just really strange and not something we want to see a lot of. We don't want to see a lot of, but we have seen a lot of sleepwalking or murder while asleep. Have you acclaims. heard many of these stories? Yeah, I've heard some that were um, like it not to pull it into the last episode we did, but like possession almost. And it almost made uh, that first episode. But it was it was someone that claimed to be possessed or something like that and straight up like murdered his wife or something and then claimed insanity, claimed he was asleep, claimed all this stuff and saying it was the devil's blood. It was this and that. Like, I don't know, like that's that's usually the way I, I don't hear too many actual like this person was just sleepwalking and murdered someone. I've heard weird sleepwalking stories. Yeah, but not usually associated with murder. I have one, uh, a sleepwalking story for my sister. Let's hear it. Um, that has nothing to do with murder, but she may want to commit murder when I tell it. Juicy. She was young, probably six, seven. Hmm. And she actually would sleepwalk a little bit. She got up one night, sleptwalked into the bathroom, missed, just ignored the toilet, sat down in the bathtub and did her business. And went back to bed. Ooh. Yep. Just all out there. Yeah. Wow. I mean. Sorry, Jody. Oh, and then the name drop. <laughs> it wasn't just. It wasn't like, going to keep it mysterious. Yeah, you were just, like, oh. It wasn't my sister. Hey, I want her to feel like. Like she's part of the. Yeah. Like I want her. I here. want her to hear her name on the podcast. In this manner, though. Yeah. And I, I text her. I'm like, as you were reading the intro or yeah. reading your story, I'm like, I'm about to embarrass you on episode two. Oh, no. <laughs> At least we have, know we'll have someone listening in on that one. 
There you go, for Got sure. a listener. She's going to hear what you say. Yeah. Sorry, Jody. Well, uh, I have had a crazy sleepwalking. Again, no murder, but. Let's hear it. Well, are you the sure year there was had no to murder? be. Yeah. Well, uh, yet. Yet. The year was about 1997. I was six years old. Hmm. And at the time, my grandparents had a bed and breakfast in a rural fishing town, Cooper Landing. And every summer, my mom and I would, we'd all go down there and she'd help out with the business. Shout and, out Cooper Landing. Yes. Great place. And uh, we had this little cabin we'd stay on in, and my dad hadn't put the deck stairs on it or anything yet. So it was just like a platform you walked out and a big drop off. Hmm. Well, that night, my sister and I were out playing around on the property, and there had been a black bear. So my mom goes, girls, get in the house. You know, don't go outside anymore. I'll be in soon. So we went to bed. The next thing I remember is waking up in my grandparents' house on their couch. And they had a huge two-acre lot, and their house was like on across from where the cabin was. So I had to walk a good Damn. distance to get there. Yeah. And I woke up and I was super confused. And I remember like, I was scared I would get in trouble if I went and talked to them. Hmm. So I didn't want to say anything. I don't know why I was scared. I like could have explained. I didn't know how I got there or what, but yeah, I was but scared. You're, you said you're what, six? six. Like, so it, I just woke yeah. up scared I was going to get in trouble. So I remember going by and I like saw them like getting ready to get in their bed and everything. And they had this huge like quarter wolf dog. He was Siberian Husky and a wolf. And I like tiptoed by Duke, like telling him like, Shh, don't do anything, you know, <laughs> creep out of this house and run back to the cabin. I'm banging on the door because the door would lock on the other side, it had the kind of door where you could open it and get out, mm. but it would lock behind you. And so I couldn't get back in. I'm banging on the door. My mom wakes up. She's like really confused, rubbing her eyes, you know, like she thinks there's a little midget outside or something. She's like, who yeah. is that? I see a small person crying. And she finally like turns lights on. She's like, Heather. So she opens the door and she's asking me, she's like, you know, what happened? And I'm like, I don't know. You know, she's like, okay, we'll talk about it tomorrow. Yeah. And then after talking to her, I, we piece the story together and she's like, oh my gosh, like you slept walk. <laughs> but I, where I slept, my sister and I were up in a loft and it was literally a ladder to get up there. Ooh. So in my sleep, I went, got up, went down this ladder, went out, off that deck where I had this huge drop, got down somehow, walked across the lot, got in their house, and they, I mean, they didn't know. Was that the last night you slept in the loft? No. Really? Actually. Your parents were like, let's chance it a few yeah, more times. Like, she's get fine. In there. Yeah. Wow. Well, and I know I had a few other times of like waking up and walking around my sleep, yeah. that kind of stuff, but I mean, nothing as an adult or that was yeah. all childhood. And my son, same thing. He wakes up and it freaks me out because he does a creepy walk. I'll like be leaning to one side, arm kind of dragging, you know, look all scary. But he's just, and I'll think he's awake and he's just like dead asleep. And I just direct him back to his bed, put him in there. Yeah. Have you call, tried calling the priest? Oh, my husband always says, he's like, if you ever get randomly murdered, like our son did it. Because like when he wakes up in the night he'll, and if he does sleepwalk, it's always like my side of the bed. And he just kind of stands there. Until I wake up, and that's like the most terrifying wake up. Like I love my kids, but I'm always like, "Oh shit!" Have you ever like, accidentally punched him in the face? I yelled at him last time because really? I was so it scared <laughs> me so much in my sleep. I was like, "Damn it, Michael!" And yeah. then I felt bad because I was like yelling oh, at your okay. child. Yeah, but it like it scared me so bad. Like that's the first thing that came out of my mouth. I was like, oh, "Damn yeah. it!" And I was like, "Buddy, you just got to stop like standing there, like wake mama." <laughs> That's that's the quick reflexes I fear when uh, as a, a parent, like you see the, just a shadow of a little person standing by your bed. My first thing would be like, nope. uh, your brain ch changes. I, your brain is 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 different. I think to where you're calmer. Plus, you your subconscious. Have you met me? What Christian's right. saying is right now is what he's trying to dance around the way of you will never have good sleep again. Yeah, exactly. Uh, wait, let me repeat that again. For anyone that wants kids, you'll never get as good as sleep again. Ever. Right. You, what you're is, you are is half asleep a lot are, of times when exactly. the kids are around. Yeah. Especially well, when you hear a movie and there's like a part of your brain that even if you're asleep is you'll, listening. You'll key into yeah. and like for instance, like my parents will take the kids for a night and my husband are like, oh, we're going to sleep so good. We don't have to worry about a kid waking up. Hmm. I'll still wake up thinking I hear a kid cry. That's creepy. It's just you don't like you're just you're so honed in to always like having an ear out. You don't get as good sleep. Like I'll think I'll sleep in, get, you know, catch up on sleep. Doesn't happen. Okay. Question for you guys then. Um, I am already half asleep all the time. So does that mean when I have a child, I'm going to be full asleep all the time? That's why people drink full a lot of caffeine. Uh, That's why coffee is, yeah. is so big. Yeah. Yeah. Kids are resilient. They don't need you to be awake all the time. Well, just when they have, just that. when they're near the stove or the matches. Something that would go along with that Heather's story of climbing down the law. There's a lot of things we do in this world where we don't need our full mind to be there. 
or we don't need to consciously do it. It's just automatic. Well, so Heather's memory. gone up and down this ladder before. So Multiple she's times, yeah. trained yeah. to do it. So she could do it asleep. Hmm. And even navigating the, the other obstacles, as long as she knew they were there, she could do them even asleep. And maybe even if she didn't know they were there, because there's a part of your brain that's Always still, aware of that yeah, stuff. It's still paying attention yeah. even if you aren't. Well, muscle memory too, like the like because oh, I've sure. heard a lot of people sleepwalking and like going to pour glasses of milk and stuff like that. That's the same cupboard you've always had. You wake up, go down, get a cup. Yeah, I mean it's crazy what our minds can do. I, I that's used why to... I was just telling that story more as of like I've been in it where like you don't understand how you could do all those things. Yeah, while you're sleeping, but, but that's I a, did. That's a long distance. You said it was yeah. like an they had eight, a two like acre two lot, acre? yeah, and so like the cabin sat on the edge, and there was in the middle was their three story bed and breakfast, and then they had their house on the other side of that. Was it just a flat lot though? No, it's all it was, was a like, big hill, had trees in between. Like I mean, damn, yeah. So that, I that's walked a into their distance. house and then woke up there. This might be. Let's throw a random, uh, weird piece of information into the mix. This might be the original abduction story, Heather. We we mentioned in season one that you might have been abducted. So they took this me might that be the night, original one. and that's where they beamed me down. Yeah, because people do talk about coming back like no clothes on, mm-hmm. and I was just in my underwear. Because, I mean, I was six years old. It was hot summer night. Yeah. And so my dad always joked because that bear was outside. He was like, and I was really, really skinny kid. Yeah. He's like, yeah, you scared the bear away, Heather. Like, <laughs> he walked through and he saw you and hightailed so, it. Whoa now. He's yeah. like, there's no meat on that thing. <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> the the bear said, mom always said, don't eat a deer that looks that skinny. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was like insane. I mean, I'm still skinny, but as yeah. a kid, yeah, like no, no fat. So UFO, yeah or nay, Christian? Nope. Ah, well, what a shocking surprise. Um, no, that is funny though, because I you remember or you said you that you didn't remember that UFO sighting at your house that I one know. time. And yeah. We all joked around about you being abducted, possibly. And that, I still <laughs> no. don't. And like I've talked to other friends that were there, and yeah. I'm like, hey, do you guys? And they're like, yeah, remember you like the lights? And I'm like, where was I? In a multiverse. Yeah, these things do happen. Yeah, that's weird. I've had a bunch of, uh, like, I used to sleepwalk a lot as a kid. I think the weirdest thing I would do is just, like, take random shit. Like, uh, I would go into my sister's room and take her blanket a lot, I guess. It's a thing to do. Your brother, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'd go into my brother's room all the time and I'd just do weird shit. Yeah, I don't, I don't actually, like, I, I don't think I've ever left the house. And if I did, I made my way back safely before I woke up. So who knows what kind of hijinks I was getting into on the mean streets of California City, but anything's possible, I guess. You're chasing lizards. I did do that a lot. Yeah. But it was during the day. I don't, you know, these murder cases, it just doesn't seem legitimate. Like, so you, you do think it's just like a, like a, like a Hail Mary thing? They're just like, ah, oh, I was. I think asleep. in most cases, and I'm not saying that somebody can't be half asleep yeah. and murder somebody. So what about like LeDrew? You think that guy he killed on the beach was someone he just really had a beef with? And he was like, I'm so smart. I'm going to go out here. I'll say, I don't remember it. Here's the cast, matches it, solve it. Yeah. And then that dude got 50 years to live on a farm. Like if you told me like, that's I don't a know. pretty like, good you, deal. You t- yeah, I'd be like, uh, told me Scott, I- you know how much time we could spend on the podcast if we murdered somebody while we were asleep? Just tell me to go In away. France? There you go. <laughs> right? Yeah. In France. That's the that's the kicker. Yeah, obviously that's not going to work here, but Well, True. that Kenneth Oh, it's Canada, so same thing, yeah. Yeah. But some people in the US have used that defense. It just seems really fishy almost every time and is there any way to actually prove that other than convincing the the juries? There's no way to prove you're asleep. It just yeah. te- seems too fishy. It seems too convenient. A lot of people just plead insanity now, which I didn't know. Um, A guy I actually went to high school with, and I worked with him at Walmart. Won't name drop or anything, but. What what was his name? Yeah. (laughs) I'll tell Alex later. um, It was Alex? Okay. Well, we have to to talk with him. Um, But this story came out, and everyone's like sharing it around. You know, so-and-so killed his dorm, the dormmate, is that what you call him, right? Yeah, dormmate. roommate? Yeah, roommate in your dorm. Yeah. Anyways, at college, and. uh, I won't say the state because people can get smart and Google, but yeah, he was out to college. No, he's out to college and he killed his roommate in his dorm. Oh, no, didn't kill. Sorry, stabbed. And um, he was in his sleep. But no one had known that after high school, he was diagnosed as schizophrenic. And he's like someone like I never would have like he was the kindest, sweetest, Hmm. nicest person I've ever known. And I guess schizophrenia normally shows 
into younger adulthood. So right after high school, he started showing the signs. And I guess he thought it was his brother that he was stabbing, mm. which makes it even weirder. I'm like, you have something deep yeah, in your thoughts. Like, that... Sorry, bro. I thought that was my brother. But yeah, he ended up stabbing the guy. He got was badly injured, but survived. Yeah. And um, he was sentenced to like two years in a psychiatric facility and fine. Like, I, I don't know where he's out at now, but. So do you think, um, like, do you fall in with Christian where you don't really fully buy the the sleep angle? Or do you think? I think it had to have been, like, his schizophrenia because. Yeah. In that case, that's like, that's what it. Because, like I said, he was literally, like, the nicest guy. I knew him well enough. We went from, like, middle through high. And we had a lot of classes together. And yeah. we did work at Walmart together. And, like, I would have never. He was the kind of person you would, like, couldn't even hurt a fly. So I didn't see how he could just murder someone or tempt to murder somebody yeah with that but yeah it was a crazy story and everyone's like do you know that and i'm like no way and then we all found out later that he was schizophrenic at least it had a happy ending right well yeah it's Scott, always better when you can say that what do you think i mean i kind of did my skeptical no thing. yeah that's i i found it interesting that even on like true stories mm -hmm. where this is cut and dry that you and I still find some way to disagree on shit. Like, I do think people can do, like, especially, like I said, having experienced that, like, full-on autopilot mode, I can totally understand someone falling asleep and then acting that out. It, you just have to be in the wrong place at the wrong time, right? Or, like, wrong mindset when you're we're going to bed or something like that. Like, just everything had to fall into place for that exact scenario to play out. But I do think it's possible. And I mean, even someone like right now, me, I, I'm tired as hell all the time, right? Like it's to the point where there's a few times at work during the day where I'll sit there and I'll just be staring at the screen and my mind will be like, okay, you have to go do this an action on the computer or something like that. Like, oh, you have to move this or do this, blah, blah. And I'll just sit there and stare at it. And I will completely blank out and just stare into oblivion for what feels like forever and then snap out of it and be like, oh, like almost to the point where I know my body was awake and staring at it, but my mind completely checked out. Which is normal too. your mind will get bored and check out or yeah. distract you. But and I, I think it's possible. I just don't think our legal system is set up to handle something like that. LeDrew's story seems more plausible because thinking of someone just waking up, going out, firing a gun yeah. in their sleep seems, okay, cut, dry. He was up. Just walked down to the beach, shot someone. Bang, bang. Yeah. Left. What gets everybody with Kenneth's story is he had such a long distance to drive. True. Yeah. And the way he did it. And then also having that recollection of seeing his mother-in-law in the middle of it where he kind of had that like Those he remembers memories. yeah yeah of her face and all that so that's where i think the first story you can find so much more believable because i could see people walking out in a stupor i mean especially up here where so many people own guns like i my uncles are crazy about guns they like sleep with them next to their bed where you could see someone yeah. in a sleep state grabbed that walked out maybe someone you know innocent bystander walked by got shot by someone firing off a gun in their sleep who knows that's that's the I whole could believe reason that i could see yeah. that but where kenneth seemed like such a crime of passion it was his in-laws. He drove all the way there that distance. I could see where you could think, okay, this guy is just coming up with a great story. Yeah. Well, I have no he, memory. I, he, you know, he has extenuating circumstances too with the gambling debt too. Yeah, but and for, people could say he could have cut his hands to make his story even be ooh, more believable. I, I don't mean, think you could though. You fight or flight kicks in. If you're just like, oh my god, I did this, they're not going to believe me. Grabs a knife really hard, cuts all his tendons, and goes in. I didn't know I, I was sleeping. You know, how could I have? Yeah, they'd probably be able to tell like which direction the blade was going and that type of stuff as well to kind of if see they were if good they investigators, were... Maybe they yeah. would I be mean, able to. Then this is also 87. So, yeah. well, the fact when they mentioned that his hand slipped off of it, that made me kind of feel like, okay, he was holding it correctly, did that. But I think it'd be hard to purposely cut through your hand like that because it is so painful. But. Yeah. Like you know, I, said, I still again, think adrenaline fight or flight kicks in. You're thinking, oh shit, I'm going to go to prison. Let me make this believable. Yeah. I mean, people do crazy things. Once that adrenaline hits, you don't feel that pain and stuff. But how, my, my question is, let's uh, go into the, the hand thing. If he cuts his hand open, right? Mm -hmm. That excruciating pain should be enough to snap anyone awake. I'd imagine sleep, sleepwalking oh, yeah. or not. Because mm -hmm. like anytime you can go up and you can flick someone that's asleep and they'll wake up and go, ow. Like, or they, and they mentioned like, in that story, how the screaming of his victims should have woken him Should have up. snapped him out yeah. of it, yeah. I will, I will give you that. But he, they also mentioned he was a deep sleeper. Yeah. So maybe the screams of his victims were just, you know, ocean sounds in his mind. <sighs> just, 
it's that's it's tough on that one. And like it, I said, his story like, is just hard because it's so messy. There's yeah. so many different yeah. layers, and thinking of some like that gruesome of a murder and driving that distance, it makes it super hard to believe. But yeah. the first story, I got the the distinct feeling of the French version of Sherlock Holmes, where he's like, "I'm so brilliant, I solved this crime, and it was me asleep." <laughs> yeah. They're like, "Wow, you really are the best." And, and they're, he's like, they're like, "I did you, it." <laughs> are you sure? And he's like, "Wee oui, wee." Oui. Wee oui, wee. Oui. Yeah. That's my French accent. Wee oui, wee. Oui. Wee oui, wee. Oui. Um, yes, yes. Yes, yes, indeed. This was kind of, if you think about it, this was kind of an episode that combined what we do on a normal basis with the true crime in the 49 that yeah. just debuted recently. Mm-hmm. It's like a mashup of unexplained weirdness and true crime. And murder. Right? And murder, yeah. So if that's not the best advertisement for, for your show, yeah. Heather, I don't know what is. And if, I mean, people want to listen on in, like I said, uh, we're starting out slowly, just a couple episodes here and there when we can drop yeah. them. But I was thinking like one a month. I think yeah. if we can do one a yeah. month solidly and, and if people like it, we'll kind of start doing that more. Yeah. When we get more free Give time. Give me drive but, to make more episodes. But yeah. if you but, like it, tune on in because true crime is my jam. I do love talking about weird stuff all day long, but yes. it is. This this was a nice mashup. My bread though. and butter. Yeah, I yeah. honestly didn't think Christian and I would argue or disagree on anything during this episode, but somehow here we are making making the magic happen. Even when there's no reason for it. I don't even recall arguing. It must have just been you as always. It must have just been me as always. No, it was it was like no, just disagreeing oh. on like on perspectives and stuff like that. Like I find it very plausible that someone could fall asleep. I do find it plausible that that could happen. I just, you just don't think him in particular. Not in, the, in this case, no. Okay. In I this case, no. But yeah. um, but again, I still say our legal system is not set up because that doesn't fit into insanity, which is barely used because it's yeah. so hard to prove insanity. Well, yeah, then you're going to start getting people everywhere. I right. was sleeping and I didn't know it. And yeah. you well, can't our, our, you can't keep up with that kind of amount of people that are to come in. A lot of people don't want to say insanity and plead that because you do have a good chance of still staying in a psychiatric facility and nobody wants yeah. to do that. So I feel like insanity, please, you find farther and farther apart. I'm no legal expert, but I, I don't even think you could use that if you I was asleep. You're saying you're insane. I don't think it would work insanity is really hard to use it would be it's just it's just one of those crazy happenings that we don't really have an answer for we can't prove it or disprove it necessarily yeah. but we'd love to hear sleepwalking stories even if they don't have murder yeah, yeah. We have a weird story. Let's, let's liven this up a bit with some listener stories about sleepwalking especially because we are going to dive into a lot of nightmare land again yeah it does it have lots like of stories book. and different sleep episodes so if you have any crazy sleep episodes or stories things to talk oh, yeah. about right on in at the gang at the that's where you send it or even if you just want to comment on facebook and instagram yeah. like like comment sleepwalking stories in particular they don't have to involve murder but just comment some sleepwalking stories like oh when i was three i went and slapped my brother's ass i don't care whatever it is yeah. you could it's it, a good idea would be to do what i did and embarrass your sibling yeah even better even yeah. better so do that. I think that pretty much wraps up this episode of the Freaky Deaky. We appreciate everyone tuning in. We're going to take a moment to uh, touch base on social medias real quick. We've been working hard on the YouTube. Correct. Uh, and if you haven't gone and subscribed to the YouTube channel yet, you really should because we're we're not just doing like podcast clips and stuff like that. We're also doing these smaller, I guess, what would you call them, Christian? Just uh, just shorts. Shorts, stories that, that we come across and we throw up s- some images and some and we... Yeah. Put it together. Stuff stuff that's pretty popular for a lot of people anyway. We we just have our own freaky deaky take on it. Yeah. So so Christian's been writing these shorts pretty much. Stuff that doesn't really take up an entire episode of the show, but that we still kind of want to produce and tell that story and get it out there and I don't know, I've been having a lot of fun with it seeing all the different videos and stuff. Like I've always loved doing video work. I just never have a lot of free time anymore. Right. So getting the opportunity to kind of tie that in with my daily rituals and stuff has always been fun and I like to just play around with that kind of stuff. So between that, the podcast and, you know, Heather's True Crime in the 49, we're really trying to grow the show as much as we can and we but we kind of need your help to do it we can't do it by ourselves so if if you can take a minute out of your day subscribe to the youtube channel or leave us a a five-star review on apple Podcasts to help us get the word out we would greatly appreciate it and if there's any ideas you have feel free to send them in but in the meantime check us out on social media instagram and twitter at freaky deaky pod TikTok, TFD Paranormal. Facebook is the Freaky Deaky Podcast. Again, right. always send in any emails, comments, concerns at the gang at the Oh wait, shoot, shit. <laughs> <laughs>
Shoot shit. As always, if you have a story, send us an email at thegang at thefreakydeaky.com. That's it. Game over. Episode two is in the books. Nice. And now we just talk amongst ourselves as the music slowly fades out so people think we continue the conversation after we left. Yeah, so. So I did write.